I'm so excited today to go through Psalms 22 with you on the Daily Rejoicing Podcast. We won't go through the whole thing. It's 31 verses, but we'll go through about the first half. It is such a special chapter in Psalms. I don't know if there's any more important psalm in all of the book of Psalms than Psalm 22. Thank you so much for listening. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab them, open them up to the book of Psalms. Now, we know from Acts chapter number two that David was a prophet. David wrote this psalm. And in David's suffering here in Psalm 22, the Holy Spirit lifted him up above what he himself was going through. And the Holy Spirit had David pen this prophecy 1,000 years ahead of what it actually foretold. There is no doubt that Psalm 22 is all about the Lord Jesus Christ. As you read what David writes, the psalm fits no one else. It's one of the great messianic psalms, one of the great chapters of prophecy about Jesus in the Bible. In Luke 24, 44, Jesus said that even the psalms wrote of him. And we've already seen in this series through the book of Psalms on the podcast, we've seen some references to the Lord Jesus Christ. Psalm 22 gives more detail about the crucifixion than the Gospels do. And when we say Gospels, we mean the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And it gives so much detail that many in the early church gave this psalm the title, The Fifth Gospel. Hebrews 2.12 quotes Psalm 22.22, settling that this is about the Lord Jesus Christ. So in your Bible, Psalm 22, verse number one, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? Now that is familiar to you if you're familiar at all with the crucifixion story. That is something that Jesus cried out from the cross in Matthew 27, 46. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Mark 15.34 says the same thing. It was a prophecy of the anguish of the Son of God. And it's not just a prophecy of what he's feeling or what he's going through. There are word-for-word prophecies in here about Jesus. Verse number 2 of Psalm 22. Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not. And in the night season, and I'm not silent. Jesus cried out to the Father in Gethsemane, and he continued to pray. It was Jesus who said men ought always to pray and not to faint. And Jesus kept his own command and left us an example of continuing to pray, even though our answer is not forthcoming. Verse number three, but thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in thee, they trusted and thou didst deliver them. They cried unto thee and were delivered. They trusted in thee and were not confounded. Jesus, even in agony and distress, retained his integrity. The Lord Jesus remained sinless. Verse number three, when it says thou art holy, that's really an answer to the question in verse number one, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why did God forsake him? Because God is sinless and the sins of the world were put upon Christ on the cross. 
God had to turn his back upon his own son, God in the flesh, the Lord Jesus Christ, because sin was laid upon him. Verse number six, but I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men and despised of the people. In Matthew 27, 39 through 44, we read the fulfillment of that uh, feeling there in verse number six, him being a worm and despised and reproached. And they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads and saying, thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days, save thyself. If thou be the son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise, also the chief priests mocking him with the scribes and elders said, he saved others himself. He cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now if he will have him. For he said, I am the son of God. The thieves also, which were crucified with him, cast the same in his teeth. You see, even the thieves looked down upon the Lord Jesus Christ. I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men and despised of the people. Verse seven, all they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot out the lip. They shake their head saying, We'll go back to Matthew 27, verse 39 says, And when they had platted a crown of thorns, they put it upon his head and a reed in his right hand. And they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. Verse 39 says, And they that passed by him reviled him, wagging their head. Uh, Luke 23, verse 35 through 39, the people stood beholding and the rulers also with them derided him saying he saved others. Let him save himself. If he be Christ, the chosen of God and the soldiers also mocked him coming to him and offering him vinegar and saying, if thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. And a superscription also was written over him in letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. And one of the malefactors, which were hanged, railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. Verse number eight in Psalm 22, He trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him, seeing he delighted in him. Luke 23, verse 36, The soldiers also mocked him, coming to him and offering him vinegar. Matthew 27, 43, He trusted in God, let him deliver him now, if you will have him. For he said, I am the son of God. You see how this is the Lord Jesus upon the cross, hanging in shame, despised and rejected, even of the thieves on either side of him, mocked a worm of a man, lower than a worm. Verse number eight, uh, verse number um, uh, eight. Well, yeah, I I, want to tell you, I'll tell you about verse, verse number eight. It says he trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him, let him deliver him, seeing he delighted in him. You know, I can imagine a skeptic listening to this and reading this and and saying, wow, it was the exact wording of those Roman soldiers of Jesus. This was perhaps um, maybe a play. This is something that Jesus put on in order that he might fulfill these prophecies. Well, if so, then he, the victim, agreed upon the dialogue with the enemy soldiers killing him. It was the soldiers who quoted verse number eight. 
We know Jesus said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But it was the soldiers, the Roman enemy, unregenerate, murderous soldiers that quoted verse number eight, fulfilled in Matthew 27, 43. He trusted on the Lord, let him deliver him. By the way, at times you may feel as though you are going through a trial and God has forsaken you in it. He does not answer your prayer and you feel utterly forsaken. In those times, let me encourage you to stay strong in the faith. God has not changed. James 1 verses 5 and 6 say, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, generously, and upbraideth or withholdeth not. And it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. When you're in your trial and it seems as though God has forsaken you, although we know that he won't now, if you're um, saved, the shed blood of Jesus Christ, Jesus said he would never leave you nor forsake you. So, But if you feel that way, sometimes I understand how that might be something that comes up in someone's life. Stay strong in the faith and ask God for wisdom, and God will give it to you. God will give you wisdom when you ask, either wisdom to understand what God is doing in your trial, or wisdom to trust God through it as he grows your faith. Back in verse 9 of Psalm 22, But thou art he that took me out of the womb. Thou didst make me hope when I was upon my mother's breast. I was cast upon thee from the womb. Thou art my God from my mother's belly. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. Verse 12, many bulls have compassed me. Strong bulls of Bashan have beset me round. Let me pause and tell you what that is. That's interesting. Uh, Bashan was a region near Galilee, a fertile area that produced strong cattle. And the bulls of Bashan were a symbol of strength, perhaps here representing the Roman soldiers. Uh, Verse 13, they gaped upon me with their mouths as a ravening and a roaring lion. We know that the lion was the symbol of, of Rome. Verse number 14, I am poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted in the midst of my bowels. Verse number uh, 14 is fulfilled in John 19.34, which says, But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith came there out blood and water. All of Christ's bones were out of joint. Perhaps when the soldiers dropped the cross into the ground, perhaps of because of dehydration and exhaustion upon the cross. The blood and water that came out of Christ's side when the spear was thrust through medically would have been because of a ruptured heart. And here in the book of Psalms, we see Jesus saying that his heart was like wax and melted in the midst of his bowels. Verse 15, my strength is dried up like a potsherd and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws. And thou hast brought me into the dust of death. The dehydration would have dried out his vital organs, making him brittle like pieces of pottery. 
John 19.28 says, After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Verse 16, For dogs have compassed me, the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. Now, just just let me interject here. You and I know what crucifixion is like. There was no crucifixion in these days. We know that, of course, when someone is crucified, their hands and their feet are pierced. But again, a thousand years prior, this exact form of execution for this exact person, this exact instance was prophesied exactly. And here it says in verse 16, they pierced my hands and my feet. Verse number uh, 17, verse number 17, I may tell all my bones, they look and stare upon me. We see the prophecy fulfilled, Luke 23, and there followed him a great company of people and of women, which also bewailed and lamented him. And the people stood beholding and the rulers also with them derided him saying, he saved others, let him save himself. If he be Christ, the chosen of God. Grotesque stretched upon the cross, yet some stared in derision even then. Verse 18, they part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. And this is something that all four gospels fulfill. For example, in Matthew 27, 35, and they crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them. And upon my vesture did they cast lots. You see, this is a prophecy and it is fulfilled. And Matthew was acknowledging that very thing. It's in Mark 15, 24, Luke 23, 34, John 19, verses 23 through 24. They were uh, uh, taking his valuable garments, something that could get a price and stripping it, renting it, tearing it and casting lots for pieces of it, except his coat. They cast lots for who would get that. And you ask, why would anyone subject himself to such pain and humiliation? For what purpose would Christ do this? It's because God the Father sent his Son for the purpose of dying for your sins and for mine. Jesus did it willingly in submission to the Father. God sent his Son out of love for us. No good that we have done. No good that we would do, but only because he loved us and because we had no hope whatsoever of heaven without our sin being paid for. God sent his son to sacrifice himself as the just payment for our sins. If you're listening today and you're not a Christian, you need to put your faith in Christ today in order to be saved. And Christian... I want to leave you with one more passage that shows what the death of Christ upon the cross means to us right now. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 through 11. Listen as I read, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, 
but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. In whatever we go through as Christians, remember that God has not forsaken you. Pray for wisdom in your trial. Stay faithful. Though we're troubled, we're not distressed. Perplexed, not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Because Christ died for our sins upon the cross and rose again. Thank you.